all my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you've been so, so good. Think about that. Just keep telling that story. How much time do you talk about God during the week? How much time do you talk about His goodness? Every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. We're given lots of breaths. We're given lots of time. Think about how good He's been to you. How much time do we talk about God? We got a new phone, that Pro 13 deal, whatever. We got it the other day, and um, I'm still learning all that stuff about it. And I asked the kids last night, I think it was, I said, how long have I even been on this thing? And they said, well, go to screen time. I'm like, I didn't know what to do. And Hamilton showed me where to check, and you can check. And I think that day I had been on... I had been on my telephone, staring. I guess the screen was on. Is that what that means? The screen is on, so I'm staring at it for like two hours and 41 minutes. And, and that was a light day. Two hours and 40-something minutes staring at that phone. Yeah, you say, well, I, I see what people are saying on Instagram, and I'm sharing their good Instagram stuff. Or, or I see what they're saying on Facebook, and I'm, I'm scrolling through, and I'm praying for pre people, and I'm sharing the, the Bible verses. Yeah, I get it. But guys, how much time do we waste? How much time do we waste? Because when we think about the past, when we think about everything that He's brought us through, and we think about up until this moment, and we, we trust God with tomorrow, we trust God with everything that's to come. We know Scripture teaches us that He's prepared a place for us, and we're going we're gonna to go and be with Him one of these days. But really, I said earlier, most of what we, we study in Scriptures of the past, we, we long for the future, we long for what's next. But we've got everything that has happened to date. And not just our to date, we have scripture to date, we have stories of family and stories that we've, that's just been passed down to us of God's hand being upon us and being so, so good to us. Yet how much time do we actually spend talking about God? How much time do we spend in, in talking about His goodness? How much of our screen time? I mean, it'd be embarrassing, honestly, if we, we started taking note of screen time on our phones. Because we spend a lot of time doing things that probably isn't that important or necessary or useful. or You know, we just, we just follow in the lives of every person around us and the news of every person around the world and the sports, if we were to come in here this morning and we were to talk about the Auburn game, some of you would be like, there they are, that's Auburn. Be in Auburn again in Alabama, yep, 60-something to who? Who did they play? That's just Auburn, that's just Alabama. So Auburn's doing what Alabama and Auburn always do. They just do that. But we could talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. But Alabama, Bryce Young, and T.J. Finley, and Brian Harson and Nick Saban, they would all tell us, look guys, we've not done anything for you eternally. We've not done anything for you eternally. But what do, what do we chase? What do we spend our time doing? Just keep telling that story. What story? 
What story about how, God, how good God's been? How he's, how he's brought you through so many things. How His hand has been upon you. How He carried you. Remember, I remember as a kid, Mama had it hanging. I think it was in the living room somewhere. The, the, the portrait or the picture, the painting, the footprints. We know what we're talking about. Footprints. You, you see those two footprints walking and all of a sudden you see one other. And, and as a kid, you ask the question, well, where did God go? It's a great teaching opportunity. God didn't go anywhere. He just picked us up and started carrying us. Those stories. How many, how many days has God carried you? How many seasons of life has God carried you through? How many difficult times has God carried you through? Keep telling those stories. Praising God for that. Praising God for His presence. When everything else, how many relationship breakups, how many financial issues, how many job changes, how many, how many letdowns have you and I had over the course of our lifetimes? How many people, I said it earlier, people can be mean. People can hurt you. People can let you down. Ever been hurt by people? Have you ever been let down by people? Have you ever built somebody up on a pedestal and said there's no way they'll ever? And then lo and behold, they're the one. Have you ever been stabbed in the back? Have you ever been lost trust? Have you? God doesn't, though. God's always faithful. God's always good. God is never, ever going to fail you. Keep telling that story. Keep telling the story of how, you know, there was a time when I didn't have nowhere else to go. I, I, didn't, I felt like I was in a corner. I felt like I was on a stage of life all by myself and there was nobody there. God is. God was. God's with you. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Have you ever had a mountaintop experience this past Wednesday night? We were able to share. Me and Robin Casey, Miss Marilyn, sat up here on the stage and we shared about how God just showed out once again down in Ecuador and how we went to the mountain and we yes we see people but but we see God. Yes we see all the beauty and all the everything that's there but God is there. And sometimes it's when he sometimes it's when he stretches us and he takes us away from our comfortable spot that we see him in a way that that we never knew was possible. Think about your mountaintop experiences. Think about your moments in the past where God showed up and you were on the stage and hey, God was so real and He was so there. And it was just you and Him walking together down this lonely road that He made not so lonely when you, when you got your eyes off of the woe is me, got your heart off of the why am I going through this and you looked up and you saw His presence and He's like, there you are. I've always, he's always there. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. The goodness of God. When we talk about when we talk about those mountaintops, I mean think about think about a mountaintop experience that you have. Our women, our ladies, our wives, our mothers, our family around the room, many of them are coming back from a conference. They're probably eating lunch somewhere right now, but they've been at a conference all weekend at a ladies' retreat. How many of you at a retreat, a, a youth event, a VBS, a revival, a men's retreat, a women's retreat, a getaway have, have just been, you were led by the, by the people that were 
leading it to get you in a place and your spirit was praying and you were seeking God and you were hungering after God in such a way that you met Him in a fresh and a new way. He met you there in that place and you needed it. How many of you think about your mountaintop experiences where God just showed up and showed out? Have you ever told people about that? Have you ever, do you ever talk about that? Your mountaintops? Your mountaintop experiences. My, my conversion experience was a mountaintop experience for me. I was a nine-year-old boy. You all know it. You all can repeat it now. You should. You should be able to repeat. You should be able to say it. You should hear it often. Because for me, it was a mountaintop. For me, it was the most amazing moment. I, God found me as a nine-year-old boy and radically made me his very own. Why would I not want to talk about that? Keep telling that story. Your mountaintop experience, your, your conversion, that place where you where Christ found you for the very first time as a young person, as a high schooler, as a college person, as a young adult, wherever you were when Christ found you. That's your story. Don't stop telling your story. Does those around you, does those around you know that? You say, nah, it's not that important. So, it is that important to talk about football and dove hunts that are now happening and fish that are this big and all these stories. I mean, isn't it amazing? The fish was that big. It was that big. It was a, it was a largemouth bass. He was that big. That's a world record on Jupiter. But we'll talk about that one. But God saved my soul. God walked with me through a lonely place. God saw me when God was with me when nobody else was around. My friends left me. My family felt like they had deserted me. The whole world had turned its back on me. But God was there. Guys, those are the stories that should constantly play from us. About God's goodness. The song. We, we sung it earlier. It's easy to sing. It's, it's, it's frustrating sometimes. Listening to the songs. Because the songs are great. But the application is ridiculous. The songs are. are wow. It, has, it sounds so beautiful. And we hum them. And we'll sing them all day long. But the application. Falls flat. All my life. You've been faithful true and all my life you've been so so good true and every breath that I'm able huh you're like no I didn't sing that yeah you did you were singing to the top of your lungs I saw you I usually have to watch your cheekbone from behind you that's what I normally see of y'all is cheekbones I got to see your faces in case he's right you sing But does what we sing match how we live? Listen. With every breath that I'm able, I will sing of the goodness of God. It's not complicated. Just keep telling that story. Go with me over to Matthew chapter 17. Jesus took the disciples up on a mountain one time. Guys, as Christians, we don't have time to be woe is me. As Christians, we don't have time to say bless my heart. As Christians, we don't have... The right to sit there and say, oh, pitiful, poor me. They got better. They got more. They were patted on the back. They're important. They're special. Why am I? That's not our role. Our role is to say, all right, Lord, here I am. Use me. 
God, I want to bring you glory. I want to bring you honor. I want, to, I want to represent you to the world that I'm around. And here's the deal. Some of you are in school. Some of you are in classrooms. Some of you are in businesses. Some of you are retired. Some of you are just wherever God sends you, that's where you are to be telling the story of the goodness of God. That's where you're to be going and saying, hey, let me tell you what God's doing. You know what? Let me tell you about yesterday. Our music minister, he had an appendix taken out, and the preacher stood in, and they sang about the goodness of God, and we talked about the goodness of God, and do you realize God is really good? With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And if we're not careful, everything I said 15, 20 seconds ago would probably never even cross our minds once we walk out those doors. Because this is a church event. This is church. What happens at church stays at church. What happens in wherever stays in wherever. What happens at church? What happens on the weekend? Because, because I, got my, I got my weekend hat and I got my, I got my Saturday. Now I'm watching. I mean, I spend, I mean, I'm crazy. I'm literally crazy. I spend six hours of my day watching football. I watch Alabama. I don't know why. And now I'm watching Auburn. I watch Auburn and now I'm watching Alabama. And I don't know why I watch either one of them. But that's six hours of wasted life. At least we do it as a family. So I, get some, I can say that's family time. That's ridiculous, ain't it? That is absolute insanity. And yet, here's what we do, and I ain't the only one, am I? No. And some of you watch all the rest of them too, but you know what? None of us have enough time. None of us have enough time. God gives us life. God gives us things. God gives stuff. This past Tuesday morning we have staff meeting. Every Tuesday morning we have staff meeting at 9 o'clock. And we usually start off with some little something. And this past week, I don't know why, God just laid on my heart James 1. Count it all joy when you face various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And I just went all the way through that. And by Wednesday night going home, Casey was hurting. And by Thursday morning, he was like really hurting. And sat at a doctor's slash emergency room out front waiting all day long. And finally had it late, late, late. Thursday night and Friday, Friday we come on in here. We're cooking for the okra people, the, the Delta State. We're cooking for the Delta State swim team. Kim that day is sitting there watching, the, watching her daughter swim out there, and her eye, her left eye just goes black. She can't see. She comes in, and she's like, look at my eye. Do you see anything? I don't see blood. I'm thinking, I don't know, Bell, are we talking Bell's palsy? Are we talking an eye? There's so many different things we got going on, like a like just all this stuff. And she's rushed over and she could have a detached cornea and she's got bleeding going on in there. And none of this was going on Tuesday morning. Why does God allow those things to happen? Why does God allow life to happen to us? I thought about it as those those things were falling around and down. I was I was thinking about, you know, I preached a couple weeks ago about how God is moving things behind the curtain all over the stage of our lives. And down, if you look below the curtain, listen, every single one of you, true story, every single one of you right now in your story, 
that's being played out. God is moving props around. And we don't know the rest of the story. All we can see is God's, God's handiwork. God's doing something. He's moving things in place. He's moving people in place. He's moving situations in place. He's moving trauma in place. He's moving tragedy in place. He's moving mountains in place. But God's moving it all. Every bit of it, and it's for a purpose. And here we are, we come to this point, to September 20-something of 2021, and we've got all the mountains we've had in the past. All the victories, all the goodness, all the faithfulness, all of God's showing up and showing out at the perfect time, and Him just allowing Himself to be and how much do we talk about it? Matthew chapter 17, Jesus takes his inner circle up on a mountain. He takes Peter, James, and John. He had, the, he had his disciples, but he also had his inner circle. And we know that John is called his beloved. And in verse 1 it says, Six days later Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brethren, led them, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments like a white became as white as light. Behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. And Peter said, listen to this, Peter said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. It's good to be here. Notice what he says. He says, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll, I'll make three tabernacles here for you. and One for Moses and, and one for Elijah. Think about it. At this moment, God takes Christ, takes Peter, James, and John up on the mountain. And, and, and it's amazing how James and John fade out of the conversation. And all you see is Peter staring up at his Savior. And he's saying, wow, it is good to be here. It is good to be here right now. And, and, and where's John? And where's James? Nobody knows. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been on a mountain with God? Have you ever been on that place to where it's like it's you and Him? It doesn't matter where they're at. It, Peter's like, it's good. This is good. Peter has this conversation, and Peter's like, hey, I, I can make a tabernacle for you, and I can make a, a tabernacle or tent for Elijah, and I can make one for, for Moses, and this, this moment can last forever right here, right here, Lord. That's what I'm talking about, a mountaintop experience. I've had those. Those moments, have you, here, and let me try to word it, those moments that you just wish would last forever. Those moments that you're like, I don't want this to stop. Because God, you are so good. You are so holy. You are so faithful. You are so loving. You are so present. You are so God right now. I don't want this to stop. Have you had that moment? Who knows about that? How often do you talk about that? That should, that, should be, that should be on a constant loop. Let me tell you about my God. Let me tell you how good my God is. 
Let me tell you what God did in my world. Let me, let me brag on my Savior. He is holy. He saved me. He is awesome. That should be our conversation. Not two hours and 41 minutes staring at a silly phone on a low day. Not talking about a game. What's it matter? More championships. What's it matter? We're the best. What's it matter? This matters. This is eternal. Peter's like, I want this. Lord, this is good that we're here. Peter's talking and Lord inter- interrupts him. God speaks up. It says, verse 5, while he was still speaking of a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. Go over with me. Second Peter. Second Peter. Chapter 1, beginning in verse 16. Peter was on that mountain. Peter writes to the church and he says this, For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For when He received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to Him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with Him on the holy mountain. Peter's like, I saw Him. I saw God. I saw Him. Look over, turn probably just a, like a page or two. Go over to First John. First John, John was there. Remember Peter, James, and John. First John 1, beginning in verse 1, it says, what, we, what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. We've seen Him. Keep telling that story. How much conversation do you have about Christ? How much conversation? Turn back a page or two. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. The, the verse, all my life you've been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. With every breath that I'm able, I'll sing of the goodness of God. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, 15 says this, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart. Set Him, set Him apart. Set Him above all other. Make Him Lord of your heart. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. Yet with gentleness... In reverence and keep 
A good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. Always being ready to give a defense. Why would he write such a thing? Why would he write such a thing? Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. Begs questions. Do they know there's a hope in you? Do they know there's a hope inside of you? Do they? I get it. Don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Don't go act a certain way. Just, just be benign. Just go through. Cause no problems. Just get to the end of it. And get that cabin in the corner of glory land. You were saved for more than that. You were saved for a purpose. You were saved to impact the kingdom. You. You. You were saved to impact the kingdom. Not to be benign. Not to, not to stay hidden. Not to be... You were, you were saved to represent. You were saved to stand up and give a defense for the hope that's inside of you. Why in the world would somebody want to know the hope that's inside of you? Because they see there's a hope. Because they hear it. They hear a testimony of it. They hear a, a boldness in it. They hear a passion for it. They, they see a drivenness Keep telling that story. What if they put an app on the phone? They're getting smart now. What if they put an app on the phone? Not a, not a FaceTime or a screen time, but what if there was a God time app? What if there was a God app? That saw how much prayer, that saw how much, how you represented him, that saw, that just somehow could gauge. When I denied myself and I stepped out on faith and boldly stood for him. When I, when I recognize that, hey, I am here in this moment for such a time as this to be his instrument for his glory. That would be an interesting one to look at. But guys, here's the deal. We don't have to have an app. We've got a God who sees. We've been on the mountain and who knows. We've been in His presence today and who's going to know? You've been reminded of His goodness. Every single one of you should go. Every single one of you in this room, because I didn't say this first church, every single one of you should go tomorrow and say, do you realize that to this point all we're doing is praising God for what was yesterday, today and yesterday? Because tomorrow ain't here yet. We're just trusting Him that He's going to continue to be faithful. But you know what? That's really cool, ain't it? Wow! 
That is really awesome, ain't it? Every single one of you should go get your neighbor tomorrow and say, Hey, hey you, hey neighbor, hey, I got something I need to tell you. Did you know that all we've been doing up until this point is worshiping God for everything that he's been doing up until now? And he's infinite. And we, wow! Isn't that awesome? Isn't God big? That's what, that's what Peter saw. And Peter's like, wow, it's good to be here right now. It's good to be here, and I don't want to leave here. I want to, let's, let's, let's just get you a tent. Let's, I'm going to get you a tent, and I'm going to get Moses a tent, and I'm going to get Elijah a tent. Who cares where John and James are? We can learn a lot from that transfiguration passage text right there. Notice Peter. The story don't even talk about John and James. Who in the world cares where John and James are? So many of us, if we're not careful, we'll get to that place and right when we're going, right when the Holy Spirit's screaming, come, be there, go there, be, be, allow yourself to be so vulnerable that you experience me in a brand new way like you've never experienced before. And what is the first thing we do? We start looking around and we say, hey, you got to go with me. Now you got to go with me. It don't matter who goes with you. You be there with him. That's all that matters. Don't miss him. Don't miss him. Because he is at work right now in you.